This is a Music Therapy Chronicles podcast interview with Brian Lacasio. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where you hear it and you're like, that's obvious. Why why do, did I even hesitate? You know, the, I should easily set this boundary. And then just as there's a transfer of application from learning therapeutic techniques to practicing them, learning about boundaries and then put it, uh, putting them into practice right? and reinforcing those boundaries. You're listening to the Music Therapy Chronicles, a podcast about music therapy from a variety of perspectives. Our ambition is to inspire and connect listeners through meaningful conversations, just like a music therapy conference you can listen to anywhere. My name is Trisha Kayati, and I am a board-certified music therapist from the New England region. If you like what you hear, join our group on Facebook and share your own insights and thoughts about the episodes. You can also connect with us on social media and online at Music Therapy Chronicles. Welcome back to the Music Therapy Chronicles, or welcome here, if this is your first time around these parts here at the Chronicles. So glad to have you today with uh, me and Brian. We had an awesome, like, full afternoon of hanging out, chit-chatting, had, like, some just really good, insightful, deep conversation that I am so grateful for and excited to share with you today. Brian is a fellow music therapy podcaster. His show is entitled Voices of Music Therapy and will, of course, be linked in the show notes for you to find. And uh, part of our weekend, weekend, our afternoon chat was me doing an interview for his show. So you can check that out um, by following the links in the show notes. So, yeah. Since Brian is a fellow podcaster, I was so grateful that he was super patient and working through several tech issues um, for getting this recording up and going. So hopefully things will be edited well enough that you, the listener, won't entirely notice the the tech difficulties that happened, but uh, I'm sure you'll pick up on, on some of the stuff. So thank you to Brian for, for his patience, as well as for making the time to be on the show. We talk about boundaries and self-advocacy and yeah, just lots of good, good stuff in here. Um, I told him, at the end of our, at the end of this conversation, I usually like write some time stamps for the little quote I want to be at the beginning of the episode. And for my chat with him, I had nothing written because everything was so profound and well thought out that it wasn't like, oh, this is the one nugget that I really want to grab. Uh, it was just, it all had me thinking. And since Brian and I kind of know each other, um, it made this conversation just that much more, I don't want to say comfortable, but it it just felt very um, very fluid. I guess I was I was super present in it and grateful grateful to be a part of it. So I hope you enjoy this episode with Brian. If you are enjoying this show, please leave us a rating and review. They really really help 
the podcast be more visible and I so appreciate everyone who has taken the time to give us a review online. You can connect with us more on social media. We are at Music Therapy Chronicles and you can also hop on our monthly newsletter at musictherapychronicles.com. I'd love to see you in the newsletter crew. Uh, if you want CMTEs for listening to the show, you can check out our pod courses at mtpodcastcollective.com. Brian also has a pod course over there, which we touch on in this show. So definitely check out his amazing work as well. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation. This is a two-parter because like I said, we we got into a lot of stuff. Um, good, good talk. So this will be part one of my conversation with Brian. Brian, welcome to the Music Therapy Chronicles. Hello, I'm super happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course, I'm excited to have you on um, because I know this is going to be a good chat, but also because we kind of know each other and it's nice to have a conversation with someone I'm familiar with every now and then on the show. Yeah, we've definitely gotten a lot of opportunities to collaborate and I've, I've learned a lot from you. So it's, it's kind of crazy to start from hearing it um, in my car to to now talking with you. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. Do you want to plug your pod course? We can at the end too, but this seems like a good time to do it. Oh yeah, of course. You know, (laughs) for those of you looking to explore um, your identity and your authenticity in the therapeutic process, um, whether music therapists or really, I mean, it could be for any practitioner. Um, I have a pretty awesome pod course um, for you all with the Music Therapy Podcast Collective. Um, yeah, it, and it explores these identities and how you can use them as leverage to build rapport with your clients, but then in addition, really help examine your, your boundaries, your, um, oh gosh, the word's not coming to me. I would say it, it allows you to look at your biases and, mm-hmm. and see how those may influence your practice so that you can really best serve all the people you work with. Yeah. Yeah, and it's really well-created, very thought-provoking. I definitely got a lot out of it when I was going through it. So, yeah. Okay, that'll be linked, of course. Mm -hmm. So tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Could be music therapy-related. Could be anything and everything else. Yeah, there's a lot lot going on with me all the time. I'm a busy bee. Um, I would say, first and foremost, like, I identify as a music therapist, um, but then... At the same time, I also identify as as a musician outside of music therapy and an artist, um, and that's through like various mediums. Ironically, not painting uh, or drawing, but um, that could be like through um, sculpting or through um, voice and performance and musical theater, and then my own music. Um, so those are those are big parts of my life, and then in addition. I don't know. I'm just a guy who lives in San Diego. <laughs> I'm trying to to branch out, and I I, I do soccer and um, just getting into surfing. So I'm I'm really trying to embrace that um, outgoing extrovert that is definitely a part of my my core personality. Yeah, what a well rounded existence. <laughs> I try and do things that yeah give me different experiences and different people I meet. Um, 
because that helps me grow. So beautiful. Aw. All right. Um, take this question how you will. What's it like being an extrovert in pandemic land? <laughs> it was okay. So during the peak of the pandemic in March 2020, that was very difficult. It mm-hmm. like affected my mental health a lot. And I, I saw that a lot with others that were extroverts and introverts. Um, and essentially I was living with another family during the pandemic, which was wild because not only was I isolated, but then in addition, I was isolated with a family that I was unfamiliar with. And so I was going through all of the trials and tribulations of internship, a pandemic, (laughs) and then in addition being in a new city, not being able to explore that new city (laughs) and being, um, with people I didn't, I didn't really know that well. So it was, it was a journey, but we got through it. And now I would say I'm more of an omnivert with very strong extroverted tendencies. Yeah. I don't know how you student intern new professionals like did that transition and are continuing to do it. Obviously I commend you. You have skills and knowledge that the rest of us will never be able to understand (laughs) But yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. And it was, it wasn't even like an entire internship in pandemic or pre, I was the half and half. Yeah. Like first three months were not in pandemic. Second three were, and I was like, I feel like these last three are like the first three. Like, I don't know what's happening. Oh my gosh. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. But we grew. (laughs) Yes. And here we are. Mm-hmm. Here we are continuing to grow. Obviously, you're finding the things that bring you joy, and that's awesome. Yeah. All right, Brian. So tell us about um, the meat of our conversation today. What are we getting into? So the meat of our conversation for today is going to be the discussion on a topic that has been circling my mind since entering the profession. It's a topic that comes into my personal life, my professional, my recreational, everything. Um, and that's this idea of boundaries uh, is in addition to self-expectations and then um, self-advocacy because they're really w- what I see as this this interplaying like kind of trifecta of these three things um, influenced by an even bigger array <laughs> of, uh, of life challenges. But I, I thought that would be a good place to take it from. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I said this to you off recording, but I am definitely in a season of life where like all of those things are being tested on the daily. Lots of discomfort mm-hmm. with actually, you know, practicing all these good things. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's one of those things where you hear it and you're like, that's obvious. Why? Why do, did I even hesitate? You know, the, I should easily set this boundary. And then just as there's a transfer of application from learning therapeutic techniques to practicing them, learning about boundaries and then put it, uh, putting them into practice, right? And reinforcing those boundaries. And so that's that's what I wanted to talk to you all about today because it's something that I think as music therapists we often sacrifice is our boundaries in order to um in our minds provide more opportunities for um being acknowledged and um brighter things in the future. And a lot of times we'll set aside those boundaries and the future comes and there's nothing to show for it, um, which is really hard to say because I, I just know like that's that's a tough pill to swallow. 
Um, and so I want us to kind of discuss and talk about ways that we can set those boundaries, but then also get the results we want. And maybe by setting those boundaries, that is how we set up the expectation um, and, and the benefits to come in the future. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah. Do you have any questions about that or? I'm wondering if you have a specific situation in mind that you're comfortable sharing. The comfortable sharing yes. I want to be very cognizant of. Yeah, I have I have many examples. Um, some are from my life and a lot are from others because that's one of the greatest parts about this profession is that we're so highly networked. And mm -hmm. I, I've spoken with many professionals and one of the biggest boundaries that people sacrifice is their time. And um, that could be working weekends. That could be working until like 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock at night, checking emails at 1 a.m., um, starting the day early, but only clocking like so much of your time. Um, boundaries of what is a music therapist? What is under our scope? Should Ooh. I be the one that's sending these these emails for my boss regarding um, various uh, PHI? You know, it, it, it there's so there's so many different aspects to this, but I, let's let's talk about time for starters. Mm. Um, so when people go into internship, one of the first things that you're told is like, you're not going to have a life for six months, yes. which let's, let's unpack that. Yes, please. <laughs> um, that's already setting an expectation for your boundaries are going to be defined by the internship and you don't really have a say in that. Mm. If your internship tells you to work the weekend, you're going to work the weekend. If it tells you that you're going to be working at 8 p.m. at night, like you're going to work at 8 p.m. at night. Some internships are really great about balancing that. And they'll say, hey, you work this late on Thursday, on Friday, you can come in at noon. Um, and some aren't. Um, some some will take full advantage of having the interns work for them. Um, and they'll, they'll, they'll utilize that as a way to fulfill all their duties, mm -hmm. i.e. if they didn't have interns, they would not be having their full business at its capacity that's currently at. And so I, I just really want to encourage people to ask about those time commitments when they're applying to internships. Yes. Instead of just assuming I'll give you all my time all the time because boundaries need to start when you're going in, when you're in schooling and they need to start when you're, when you're going into internship. Cause otherwise when you're applying for jobs and they're saying, Oh, you'll have to work weekends occasionally. You'll be like, yeah, that's what I'm used to. This is what I've been doing my whole life. Mm. Um, this, this sounds right. Like I don't want to, but this is what music therapy is. And then we have people get burnt out in three years. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll speak for my own experience unless you want to, you're on a roll. No, I would love to hear your experiences. Uh, so, so internship is obviously right out of college. In college, I was one of those people who did not know my time boundaries, right? So there's the double-edged sword is going into internship. The advice is see what the expectations are. But like at the time, I had no time boundaries to give uh, a visual. I was obviously a music major, a music therapy major. We all know what that feels like. I was also a collegiate athlete. And our mm -hmm. season ran September to March. So most yeah. of the year. Uh, and we were there during vacations. We were there during weekends. We trained three plus hours a day. So 
yeah I also worked a job like all those things I marched drum corps I I didn't know what time boundaries were I didn't know what it was like to choose what to do with my time even though I was technically doing that so if any of one listening is like me (laughs) figure out what your time boundaries are and also know that you can set a boundary and loosen it when Mm -hmm. and if you are comfortable so um you know you can say like hey weekends are not an option for me but then maybe a weekend comes up you're feeling good something exciting is coming on and you can make an exception that's okay it doesn't negate everything you've worked towards so yeah if you need Mm -hmm. to take some time to figure out what your boundaries are do that too yeah and if individuals um say like oh i know you said no weekends but i know you worked this last saturday would you be willing to work a future one you can say like that was the exception yes and that's that's not going to be looked down upon by you and if it is then that's that's an organizational problem that's not a you problem Mm. yeah yeah from a professional standpoint i'm a traveling music therapist for anyone who doesn't know so a lot of show up do my job leave to go to the next location and um you don't build a lot of really great relationships that way because you know you just don't have time for it right we're talking about time so when i set time boundaries when there's a staff person who tries to grab me at the end of a session because they want to talk about this that and the other thing and yesterday and last Mm -hmm. week um a lot of times i need to say like this is great feedback this is great information you know send me an email and let's set up a time to talk so right it's okay to say I don't have time right now, but it's also important to make the time later for for those things that are really important to make the time for. Um, And I'm fortunate Mm -hmm. that most of the staff I interact with don't take that personally because they see me running around all the time. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of my things. Oh, another is um, as far as like late people being late or no shows or Mm -hmm. um you know, again, I'm talking from a traveling music therapy perspective, and I know that's not what everyone, but like, if you have a late policy, have a late policy. Like, I'm only going to wait 15 minutes for you to show up. And if you're not here, I'm going to leave. Or if you miss your session, um, you know, you'll still be charged the full fee. Or if you don't let me know within 24 hours or 48 hours, whatever, those types of things are really important to set up at the forefront so that, you know, a week like this past week, I've had a ton of stuff because of weather that's been changed or canceled. And like, I still know that I am safe, if that makes sense. I still know mm-hmm. that I'm taken care of even when chaos happens because it's going to happen. Yeah. And it's especially hard when it comes to our clients mm. because, you know, you, you're, you're told, and I, I believe this too, is, is at some point you like sacrifice your own thoughts and like, feelings for the for the client you're putting them first they are the focus um when it comes to financial compensation and things like that though i I do think it is important to keep in mind you know you did set up in your in your contracts they do with your Mm -hmm. facilities you do have that written down for a reason and them canceling or them not showing up within the first 15 minutes um for them to be mad at you it's it's them that that made the error Mm essentially and um yeah because you could use that same time to be seeing another patient so if that helps you in your in your mindset um, think about 
all that you could be doing in that time as opposed to, oh, I, I want to work with them specifically. Um, I hope that helps a little yeah. bit. I want to give a quick disclaimer for the listeners uh, and reiterate that I'm very much in this season of life right now. So if I sound like very black and white or I sound unempathetic or any of those things, please know that I am not unempathetic. Um, I just like am I'm here and I'm that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> yes. And I'm saying this is somebody who's been on both sides, who has done both. <laughs> like um, this is not me saying like, oh, I've never. I've never like stayed an extra 30 minutes to Mm. wait for a session to start or like waited 45 minutes and then adjusted and led the same length of session 45 minutes later and shifted my whole schedule. I've done that, which is why I feel more experienced and, and uh, able to talk about this. Totally. Totally. Yeah. So, so time's the biggest one in the forefront the next one that I wanted to talk to you about, um, I feel like this episode is filled with hot takes. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Is um, financial compensation. Yes. And those boundaries. So let's let's dive in. <laughs> Again, I don't mean to seem rude or blunt, but I'm ready <laughs> for this. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, this I don't know why these are these are tending to kind of like root from from expectations but within like the school system you know you're you're paying to facilitate sessions Mm. you are learning so much i mean you you're really learning and that that's why um an internship there is a shift from the learner to the leader and oftentimes financially that is not reflected and so even though you're providing this service um a lot of a lot of sites are saying you know, but you're still learning under us, um, so so we can't pay, we can't pay you. Um, it's not in our budget, and yet, like you're still bringing in a financial budget for them because mm. you, you're still getting paid for those services you're providing. And so, when people go into the professional world, they'll think okay, I'm, I'm getting offered money. This is great. Like, yes. it's not so much like, how much am I getting offered? Is this enough to live on? I mean, that's definitely things going in our head, but we're like, oh, it's enough to live on? Good. Done. That's great for me. Instead of thinking, what experiences am I bringing and what am I worth? Because just as any other job, you're not coming in as just a music therapist. When I came in, I didn't come in as just a music therapist. I also had marketing. Um, I had live event planning background. I had all these different things that were utilized. Um, and I, I didn't think to say, you know, maybe my like pay that I'm asking for should be reflected mm. in this. And so I am, I'm saying this to all music therapists, all individuals who are going out there looking for jobs. When you apply to a job and have that interview, I, ask, for, ask for more than what they offer. There is no reason not to. They can say no, that's Mm -hmm. fine, but you lose nothing in asking for more. You are worth asking for more. Yes. I just want to just let that sit. Snaps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) in stereotypical corporate jobs, it's expected that this stage of 
taking a position is is negotiation like that's a stage of negotiation they expect that to happen they expect there to be some back and forth and so there's no reason that within our profession that expectation cannot be set as well that mm-hmm. you know there's we're talking about me taking a job and like I've been given an offer the expectation should be that there will be a period of negotiation on both sides because you need to make sure it works for both sides. Uh, And if you have landed in a position where it's not working for both sides, then you can change it or change the situation you're in. Uh, Mm -hmm. But yeah, set yourself up for success. You're worth, you're worth that. Yeah. And if you're sitting there and you're new in the profession, you're like, I don't even know what the negotiation would look like. Mm. Like, let's pull some numbers shall we oh Um, (laughs) i have tea about the numbers (laughs) yeah yeah um well first of all i want to say like things that you can negotiate are amta and cbmt dues yes you know it doesn't even have to be like salary like it it could be things under salary it could be an instrument budget yes oh i'm working as the only music therapist for this hospital well i'm gonna need a guitar that's not mine Mm. because (laughs) I'm going to have to sanitize it every day with medical grade wipes before and after sessions. Um, it's going to destroy my instrument. Yes. Right. Mileage reimbursement. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Fringe benefits like uh, working, working from home some days or having some more flexibility. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously retirement planning, health insurance. Yeah. Those kinds of absolutely. things. Absolutely. Yeah. Are you being compensated the same for admin time as you are for direct service time? Mm. Is that something that matters to you? Um, so right now, um, I try to find the AMTA average salaries that they that they do reports of. Um, and unfortunately, like time-wise, I wasn't able to find that. But I was able to pull from like Glassdoor, ZipRecruiter, and things like that. Mm. And it's it's right now it says the average is around... I'd say averaging those two numbers would be around 53,000 a year. And that's for people like in mid career, like that's, that's kind of somebody who's probably been practicing for, I don't know. I want to say like 10, 10 to 15. See, I have beef with those numbers. So let's talk about it. (laughs) So I don't have it in front of me, but I have looked at the AMTA. uh, What's it called? The annual... Annual report. That is the word. Thank you. Annual report. Mm-hmm. And I come from a state where I was told by a reliable source that there are 42 music therapists. And on the AMTA report, six music therapists from my state contributed to the data. And yeah. in my experience, the data does not reflect any of the people, myself or anyone I have talked to, Yep. around so and i know they can only give data on the people who do the survey so hey when you get the mm-hmm. amta survey please do it because we need do you the to survey yeah <laughs> if the only people answering it are college professors and people who have been in the profession for 20 years like yeah. it's not going to reflect the rest of us and it's not setting any of us up for success so I, I think every music therapist should should be making at least $53,000 a year. And, you know, uh, wherever you live, that's, that affects that number. But mm-hmm. those numbers drive me up a wall because I don't think they're reliable. But if yeah. anyone disagrees with me, I'd love to hear your take on that. 
you know, put it in the comments, interact on Facebook. In the comments. <laughs> This is this is a conversation, a discussion. There is no like animosity or hate here. I am open oh. to hearing thoughts. Uh, yeah, absolutely not. And that that's what I I want to let people know too. It's not me saying like, oh, I really disagree with, you know, a bigger organization or anything like that um, regarding these topics. It's it's just things that I want to shed light on and have conversations about. Totally. Um, because that's how change happens, right? Totally. So, so pay is a big one. Um, yeah, I, I just really, really encourage people to, to talk about that more. I also think it's very odd that in our profession, we don't list salaries until like the interview. And then at the end of the interview, they tell you how much um, the position pays. Cause I don't see that in as many other professions. Mm -hmm. I'm sure some professions do it, but I, I find that kind of odd. Um, so maybe just to think about why, why you would, why you wouldn't list it. Yeah. Um, as the interviewee, wh why would you want a company to list it? Why, what does it look like when they don't? What does that tell you? Yeah, totally. I'll, I'll go on another side related tangent, I guess. I recently have gone through a professional transition of sorts. Um, where all of this finance stuff has been so much in the forefront. And one part of the experience is that I feel very much that I'm in a fishbowl where mm -hmm. like the information coming to me is the only information I have and I don't have a sounding board to tell me that either no, my discomfort with this is completely valid or a sounding board to tell me like it's okay, like you're just uncomfortable yeah. with this transition. So yeah, find find yourself some people if you're in that if you're negotiating a salary, if you're changing up what you're doing or whatever. Find yourself some people who talk to who are not in the exact same position you're in who can tell you what life is like outside of your fishbowl. Because otherwise it, it feels so isolating and you, it, this goes back to the self-worth thing. It's like, well, this is this is what's in front of me why should I ask for more? Like you don't even know if there's more mm -hmm. out there because you're in your own fishbowl. I don't know if any mm -hmm. of that made sense. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you never going to know what the, yeah, I, I, that's a perfect metaphor. Mm. Um, so thank you. Oh, thank you. That. <laughs> that really assisted kind of getting the message across too. Um, the next type of priority um, is, is leveraging your priorities. Mm. <laughs> so much for tuning in to this week's episode i hope you got a lot out of this conversation with brian i know i definitely did and it of course will be continued in next week's episode as part two where we're just gonna get deeper and deeper get into more and again you can hear me on brian's podcast voices of music therapy links as always will be in the show notes if uh you have a moment to do so please Subscribe to the show if you haven't already. Leave us a rating. Find us on social media at Music Therapy Chronicles. And yeah, like I said probably a million times in this recording, I'd love to hear other people's thoughts. So if you want to start or join a conversation, um, you can join our Facebook group, uh, Music Therapy Chronicles 
Facebook group, or you can, you know, comment online on, on an Instagram post or on a Facebook post or DM me or email me at hello at musictherapychronicles.com. I would love to just have more dialogue between music therapists going on. I want to hear what you have to say. And if you or someone you know is interested in being on the show, please let me know by sending an email to hello at musictherapychronicles.com. And a fantastically chosen quote to end this episode. The only people who will have a problem with you setting a boundary are the people who took advantage of you not having any in the first place. Mm-hmm.